0: Welcome, you're listening to Mystic Moon Café Radio. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Mystic Moon Café. This is June, one of your hosts this lovely evening. Um, And we have the fabulous Jake and the amazing Wendy. Hi guys.
1: Hi. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? How are
2: you guys doing?
0: Oh, are you doing your Joey impression? Try it again. Try it again.
1: Oh. how you doing? How you doing?
0: <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> what about it? You guys doing okay? Had a good yeah. week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got no complaints.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I tell you, I am a little, a little tired. I did not sleep very well last night, and uh, what? you know, just yeah. Another a another demon? sleepless night. I'm did, all sleepless in Seattle.
1: Did you have a demon dream?
0: I did not. Uh. This this was really weird. I was in prison this time. What? <laughs> but it was not. I didn't do anything bad. I just got I got caught in. I was doing an investigation. It's my investigation dreams are getting out of hand.
1: Tell me, tell me. I'll do a dream just, interpretation.
0: I was just in a prison, and I'm investigating it. There's ghosts. You know, I I feel like there's ghosts around me and now everything. And all of a sudden, I realized that everybody left me alone. Mm. And I went into one of the prison cells, and I accidentally kicked the door shut, and it locked. Oh, Mm. dear. And I was, like, down in solitary. Everybody else was someplace else. I heard somebody say, oh, I think she's already gone. And then I tried to get their attention, and no, so I was stuck down there in the dark, and my flashlight went off. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Let's see what I can. No, yeah,
2: right. Um, alone and in the dark. Alone
1: in the dark. And
2: then I woke up. Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: then you woke up. Yeah, cool. it's just like God bless it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, prisons is. Your brain telling you to stop the wild, destructive behavior you've been on a roll lately. Um, yeah, that's kind of true. La, la, put la, the la, crack la. pipe down, June. <laughs> Stay off the pipe. Oh. <laughs> you know, if I had a crack pipe, I would be so thin right
0: now. <laughs> Except I, would, I wouldn't have any teeth or hair, but I would be so thin. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so <laughs> you know? the what, can I? the <laughs> flashlight going out means you've reached yeah, the end of some phase in your life.
0: Oh, that's kind of nice. Maybe it's, I've reached the end of the bad phase.
1: Yes. Maybe destructive end of a phase. Let's see what I can get for the isolation. Um, hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking, talk amongst yourselves.
0: Well, I, I hope it's positive.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, Actually, I didn't cover isolate one moment, please.
2: <laughs> I, I think maybe, Maybe you should spend more time with with the the friends, with your family there. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it says if you are isolated like that, it means you have successfully taken actions to make sure that your inner self is content. So you've realized the crack pipe is bad okay <laughs> you've put it away and pipe. you know you're all ready to be released into the light into this new phase of you yeah, i'm making that bullshit up. but anyway yeah yeah
2: really <laughs> it, it could
1: be <laughs> the dream interpretations know. of darkness isolation the light and jet ge- that was i did legit i did legit dream know. meanings there
0: Yes, yes. Well, you know, I I have made some of this Christmas crack stuff. That's Ooh. the um, toffee with chocolate and you know cranberries and pistachio nuts and everything like this. And um, yeah, I've I've really been on a roll with that. So you'll bring this to the ghost hunt on problem.
1: Saturday, right?
0: <laughs> I will bring some more. Okay. Ross is probably sick of it. I keep bringing him. I haven't me, had but... it, so I'm game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will bring some, <laughs> but other than that, what about you guys?
1: You know, just deadlines at work, you know, gotta finish everything before the Christmas time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but other than that, everything's been fine and dandy. I've been getting some gadgets, big shock, right? I know,
0: yes, yes, and talk uh, about your your latest ones. Oh, my latest
1: gadgets well, it's cameras. Because you know me, I can't go anywhere on a ghost hunt without a camera or five. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. none of these are product endorsements. Unless, of course, you would like to sponsor us, then they can be. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I got a uh, Zoom. Just a sec. It's a Q4. One sec.
3: Okay.
1: (laughs) So we also have, we've got video going on here, so I'll hold it up to the camera, but. Oh, no, it's not of course it's low <laughs> and black, so you won't see it. It's a Zoom Q two N four K camera. So you know the Zoom and its recording capabilities. Now they mm-hmm. have a 4K really nice. wide angle lens for it. So this will be the kind of thing we're doing engagement session, EVP, you put it in the corner, it picks up, you know, Zoom is so good at picking up mm-hmm. audio. So we'll get that with a 4K wide angle. Uh, video recording as well
0: nice so that's one Very of the gadgets
1: nice. i got so i'll uh i'll see if we can work this one out this weekend on our That'd ghost cool. hunt i
0: love to, love to see
1: that yeah love it's tiny it. i'm just holding it up for Ooh. everyone to see i don't know wendy are you recording the video or not if you're not that's okay
2: oh no okay that's fine
1: no one can see it it's tiny
2: <laughs> you want me to start now
1: no not really it's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's I, right. uh and i got um uh, i got a new rig for my sls connect so we can put it on a bigger exterior monitor and record to a different file so that'll be good because if you don't know about sls connects it's the tablets it's like wee big super tiny you know so now i'm gonna i got the rig to put it on a big screen
0: yeah, I would really like to do some experiments with that. Um, I think it would be really interesting because we haven't, uh, you know, done a lot of experiments with that. Mm-hmm. And one of the experiments uh, is is shadows and to see if it will pick up the, you know, the form of a shadow and or see if it will pick up the, you know, I don't know, different different experiments. I'd just like to see how how it does. Okay.
1: Well, I can bring it. I can bring it. I um... mean, you don't
0: have to bring
2: it Saturday night, and but we can Zoom. we can have that. Yeah. That's a zoom, wide-angle, blada, blada, blada. Oh, I the... was talking about for the connect actually. The, oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. No,
1: no,
0: no, that's okay. No, the other Ooh. one, too, is, is mm-hmm. really <laughs> awesome. The sound looks
1: amazing. Ooh, and then I'll probably bring the GS2 laser grid, which I was showing off at our holiday party.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. So I'm thinking I, I'm, that I'm with... i I might have to get one of those. With Shh. this Don't little
1: zoomy <laughs> gadget here, I'll probably test those out. Yeah,
0: I think I ne- I might need one of those too. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know. <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Maybe
1: not. So
0: bad. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself behave and not spend anything unless it's absolutely necessary. After uh, Christmas.
1: Gadgets are necessary. <laughs> I
2: know. Hey, I know.
1: You don't That's have to have every see. gadget. I mean, I've got gadget. I guess I can let you, like, Test the gadget. That's Though I do have a review of it on Ghostly <laughs> Activities, and it does yes. have some limitations. But that's a separate. I did a podcast for it um, on this radio network. <gasps> yes, plug, <Ooh>. plug, plug. <laughs> Mystic
3: Moon Network. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen to Very that when nice. I think
1: it was the last episode I posted about <laughs> the ghost equipment reviews. It's in there. Very cool, but. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
0: but um, I was going to say one of the things, too, that uh, uh, Spooked in Seattle is going to do a cr- uh, Christmas Stories with Krampus night, uh, Friday night. If you are anywhere near the Seattle area, you might want to look it up at uh, spookedinseattle.com. And, yes, I am plugging this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you look it up on spookedinseattle.com and uh, look for Christmas Christmas Stories with Krampus, it's going to be at the Merchants Cafe. Um, so it should be really, really fun. Uh, it's really, it's really cute. And can, then you can get pictures done with Krampus and all sorts of fun stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. We can put the uh, link in our show notes.
0: Cool. Very cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, and was...
2: very. So now, Wendy, what
1: are... what, what's been going on with Ms. Schindler?
2: Yes. Oh, yes. Little, little puppy drop-in sitting and mm-hmm. my phone blowing up for people. Oh. What? Being desperate.
1: What? Uh, with, oh, okay. de- that's... Not, not physically blowing up. It okay. Not
3: yet.
0: Okay, I,
1: okay, I okay. okay.
2: Might, but yeah. Just want to double check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're safe. Mm. Make sure you're safe. Yes, I like, like that. A little bit anyway. A little that's, bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a
3: cool mm-hmm. blowing
2: up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. This is
1: yes, me like exactly. rubbing my fingers together like cash money. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so just getting to know these... These uh, three pups got Goose, Maverick, and Tony. I'm taking care of right now, over in over in your old stomping grounds, June, over in Avondale. Oh, and, Avondale, yeah. yeah. And I'll be taking care of the bearded dragon over the weekend. And uh, again, <laughs> what? what?
1: <laughs> Just feeding dragon. it crickets or something?
2: Bearded dragon. Yes, I'm. I'm going. I'm taking a mystical trip. <laughs> 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 Have you ever looked after a lizard before? Once and he kind of has to go on a diet of lettuce as opposed oh. to bugs because is he going to be mad? No, no, okay. not at all. <laughs> and there's a really sweet golden retriever there, too, mm-hmm. so it's all good. That's a little pretty... winger dog and a cat. Aww,
0: mm-hmm. is the cat friendly or just you know, little sand office? Oh, he's, he's very, very friendly.
3: Yeah, oh, okay, a little needy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of the needy cats. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Yes, <laughs> I need I need my animal fix. Can mm. I
3: have
2: oh. him Yes. I like got one behind me. I don't know if you can see him with my blue light special going on.
1: But, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we, we can see the dark silhouette yes, in the background. Yeah,
2: sleeping a little bit. He's a sleepy puppy. Shadow Puppy. Mm-hmm. Shadow Puppy, that's it, Shadow <laughs> Puppy. He'll be 13 yeah. next month, so.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Yes, yes.
1: He'll be happy Poor to know baby. that Uncle Jake has sent some goodies his way.
2: Oh, <gasps> <Aww, gasps>
1: that's so nice. Mm-hmm. That
2: is very, very nice. They love you for that.
1: And <laughs> little puppy dogs, too. <laughs> Though, I don't want to put a downer on anyone. Uh-oh. On Monday night. Maybe it was Sunday. Yeah. I think it was Sunday. Daisy and I got attacked by a German shepherd that was off the leash and running loose. Oh,
3: oh no. Is so, she okay?
1: Yep, she is. So the okay. German shepherd came okay? up, and I put the the foot out and did the nosy bop. And he was like, I can't believe you actually nosy bop me. I'm still going to tear you apart. But then the owner grabbed oh. him. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Holy but, crap. No, it's okay. I mean, when I was a kid, I got attacked by a German shepherd, too. Of course, you see me. I'm still like, Bubby, Bubby, Bubby good you're not like cowering in fear every time no I mean and I've got pit bulls let's every be real folks j-
3: every
0: time Dakota jumps up on the bed you're like ah! oh no I'd be like hi <laughs> <laughs> then,
1: but I'm not afraid I wouldn't That's have pit bulls like if I were afraid of dogs right? very true yeah. Well, yeah I'm glad you're
3: both okay
0: yeah really daisy
1: was just like why are you barking at me <laughs> oh <laughs> daisy <laughs>
0: she's the sweetest little dog ever mm-hmm. <laughs> well not ever but sorry
1: <laughs> she's a sweet little baby sorry thing all my friends
0: with dogs. <laughs> she's
1: my little pot-bellied pig yes. pity <laughs> <laughs> but tonight Yay. Yes, we have a paranormal pioneer on
0: we do we we absolutely do. I actually was uh, flipping through the channels, and all of a sudden, I just kept it on this one kind of haunted history show, and I kept hearing this voice, thinking, "That sounds a lot like Jeff Davis." And I looked over and was like. Ah. Sure enough, it was Jeff Davis. So it's like as I was listening, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize that he has been on the air for that long. But uh, so why don't I go ahead and read his biography? And uh, Wendy, if you wouldn't mind giving him a call, and let's bring him on the air because it would be awesome to hear about all about Jeff Davis. Excuse me. (laughs) Sorry, I just copied that from Jake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do do that before. We...
3: <laughs> me, 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 me,
0: <laughs> All right. This is about Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis has lived in the peculiar world for most of his life. As a boy, he decided to become an archaeologist and investigate the odd and unusual... Sorry, let me read that better. And investigate the odd and unusual after watching the original Mummy movie with Boris Karloff. Actually, that is one of my favorite movies, too, I have to say. (laughs) And for many years, Jeff worked in the woods of Pacific Northwest Cascade Mountains, the home of Bigfoot. Jeff has encountered many peculiar things while traveling around the world, visiting England, Italy, Bosnia, South Korea, Japan, and Southwest Asia. Jeff has written, edited, or contributed to over a dozen books, including Military History and the Paranormal. Some of his books include Weird Washington and Weird Oregon. He has been a guest on Coast to Coast AM, Haunted History, Ghost Adventures, and The Dead Files. And uh, probably a lot more than that that we we don't have here. So Jeff, I hear you. Are you on? I am. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Hello, Jeff.
1: Welcome.
4: Hi there. Hey, um, I, I know my Internet's been spotty, but uh, let's continue talking. But if somebody wants to try and, and Skype me, I think I'm up on Skype now, too.
2: Oh, OK. Try whatever you like.
4: I, I, well, I thought we were going to do this as video. So
2: we, we were. Um, June, did you grab the Skype number or. Mm-hmm. <clears> okay. I have sent it to you in our
0: chat a little bit earlier there. Let's see here. Okay.
4: I I I'm sorry I'm now going against the swimming downstream whatever it is.
0: Uh, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. This is very informal and um very much so, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So so we just kinda you know
1: Yeah we we, we tell the audience how the sausage gets made, it's fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, that include the spleen, the ears, and the snouts,
1: too? Well, yeah. we said sausage, not hot dog. Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> did you see it in there, Wendy? No, I'm it, still it, just seeing the... Okay. It's like I just said just... telephone number. You want me to read that out loud like you did? <laughs> yeah, <out loud. laughs> no, no. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll have, that have to preface now. it with, for bookings, please call. <laughs>
4: sure why not and make sure that your credit card uh, is not <laughs> yeah.
1: right. this will route through a 900 number you'll be charged 4.99 per minute <laughs> That'd
3: be so yeah waiting yeah.
1: is so sexy
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i guess i could try to beatbox. that's,
4: that's okay uh, If if we're not doing skype that's if we're not able to do the skype that's fine too Uh, I was looking at myself in the little practice window that Skype gives you. And I said, how can I, how can I, I can't get this, this monitor any higher up so that you can't see the fact that I'm Overweight with a double chin. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop it.
1: laughs> now I'm all yeah, like, the camera can only
4: go so high up.
1: Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, point down.
2: Um, that's point why down, I sit in the dark. again, June, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just sit in the dark, you know, we're we're good.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
4: So, uh, okay. Well, thank you for, for such a great intro. Uh, when I when I listen to things like that. Uh, until they say who it is, I say, well, wow, that sounds like an impressive person. Then it turns out to be me. And
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, you know, I, I heard one of your favorite movies is Bor- the Boris Karloff in The Mummy. It's also one of my favorite movies. And I was planning on getting a tattoo, but I have not done that yet, of The Mummy. Um, I, I'm probably going to keep planning until I'm 80-something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but is that when... Is that, did I read that right? That that's when you got started with wanting to be an archeologist.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was nine or 10 years old and I had ADHD. And and so my parents in self-defense bought me a TV and bear in mind, this is a long time ago when even a, like a nine inch black and white TV was really, really expensive. Yep. (laughs) And uh, you know, for a nine year old too. And uh, and so my parents' bedroom was downstairs. My bedroom was upstairs. So Friday and Saturday nights, they would run um, all these 1930s and 40s oldies movies. And and so I would stay up and, uh, and just watch them. And it was really fascinating to me. The person who was doing the introduction was a local uh, radio owner. His name was Victor Ives. And that was kind of his fun thing. He would dress up uh, in a tuxedo, sort of like a Dracula-type character. This is before Elvira, of
0: course. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm.
4: And so it was just uh, really, really good. And especially those filmmakers were really good at doing a lot with not very much money, and certainly pre-CGI, so they had to, they had to build suspense. And right. that was that was what really got me interested in the paranormal and archaeology was you had reincarnation, you had magic, you had ancient uh-huh. this and that, you had murder and, and, and life and reincarnation. It was all just a, a great kind of tour de force. And I think the total runtime on that was something under 90 minutes as well.
0: Right. <clears throat> a lot of them were when you go through that and it's like only an hour and, you know, two minutes or... But that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, what places have you gotten to dig? Um, I mean, with with, I assume that you maybe have gone on some digs with your archaeology. Well, or... it's kind
4: of, it's funny. I okay, can you see me? Hold um, on oh, a second. It's saying oh, join.
2: Join. There you are. There nice Christmas tree.
4: Yay. Yay. Should, I put, should I put the phone down now?
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: cool. All right. Oh perfect. Yay. It sounds good too.
4: Mm-hmm. Really yeah, good. you know, I should have worn my headset.
0: No, you sound really No, no, good. it sounds pretty I, I good. Think you sound, yeah, I think yeah. it sounds really
2: good. Okay. So great. yeah, I think you're good. I like the Christmas tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I am I am actually borrowing space at a friend's house because I live in the foothills of the Cascades because I'm kinda anti social. And my, my internet is not that great up there. Uh, but you were asking me about archaeology digs. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: This, is, this surprises a lot of people. When I got my degree, I got a bachelor's in anthropology from Portland State University, and I almost immediately went to work for the Forest Service doing what they call compliance archaeology. We want to put in a Denver sale and cut down the trees, and we need a road. We need this and that. So we need to send in this specialist in advance to make sure that we don't destroy anything archaeology. For the most part, it was Native American sites. Wow. So I did survey for that, and we did do excavations at times, and I did uh, National Register nominations for some buildings because some of the buildings we were in, the Forest Service, of course, goes back into the late 1800s. And that was a lot of the archaeology work I did. And in Clark County, Native American, a lot of people are really disappointed when I say I lived in England for a year when I went to graduate school, and I didn't get to do a single archaeology dig.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) But you got Uh, to see Stonehenge if the pictures were true.
4: Yes, and (laughs) it is possible, some people don't know this, it is possible to visit Stonehenge and get permission on a regular basis to walk in and amongst the circle oh wow uh, before and after the tourists are there it's part of the program that they have now oh, you just nice. have to yeah you pay a couple bucks extra and uh, and but you pre-register and they limit it i see there 20 or 30 people maximum wow and i have a friend who was um little uh, kind of this is my chance to make this trip jeff and will you be my friendly native guide mm. So I made those travel arrangements, and so we did. It it was in spring, and we wandered in amongst the stones just as the sun was setting.
3: Oh, oh wow. wow!
2: Oh neat! <laughs> oh yeah! Fantastic!
4: Yeah, and I recommend that to to anyone, especially people. Let's face it, who are you know, like us into the spooky metaphysical. Right. Go the extra distance. Pay pay an extra ten pounds. You do have to make arrangements to get there, right. because the tourist buses aren't running. Mm-hmm. Uh, in oh, June, yeah. you have probably done that too, uh, in your travels.
0: I wish I had done it. Ross has done it, but Ross Allison, who travels all over the place, um, he got to do it. And, but uh, since you know most of the people on our trip had done it before, I was kind of outvoted.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
4: Okay, segues,
0: but I'm
4: going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, that segues perfectly into why I didn't get to do some archaeology in Greenland. Uh, that oh, was wow. my master's thesis on, on the Vikings in Greenland. And for that, I did an analysis. This will sound, this will sound <laughs> kind of boring, but a macroscopic analysis of, of material from the compost heap at the Norse Farm Sand Nest in the West Settlement of Greenland. Yeah, I, they, don't let the title <laughs> boy, But what happened was there was a, there was a farm. All of the, the farms, actually, they had registries of these farms from the church records. So they all, most of them had names, and they were numbered by archaeologists. And oh, this cool. particular farm, yeah, Sandness, was mentioned in the sagas because one of Leif Erikson's brothers died at the house.
3: Oh, and wow.
4: So, yeah. So the, the the compost heap was uh, set outside the farm, like farms today, and it just freeze dried in the weather. Oh, so, Wow! Yeah, so it was ar- like
0: yeah, freeze dried history. <laughs> Even at the time, it was compost, but
4: <laughs> well, That's it's, pretty cool. Throw away interesting right. things, and so they 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 kind of trench in it and grab samples and gave me some of the samples, and. Uh, and freeze dried, when I when I rehydrated them to separate them, I will tell you that a thousand years or so was not time enough to kill the smell. Really? <laughs> just from the stables, Ew. it was a lot, a lot of plant pellets, wow. or excuse me, animal pellets. But but the preservation was good. I got little bits of cloth and human hair and animal hair. Oh, oh
3: and
0: wow, that's really after, awesome.
4: Yeah. Now I was scheduled to actually go out there but this is this is several miles kind of up the fjord so to speak from the from where the airports were and the boat landings and so they went by helicopter and one of the archaeologists who was senior to me was was quite rotund Mm -hmm. and and so it was either two skinny guys like me or one of him and so uh, it was him
0: and he was wow. senior, so you got <laughs> left behind. Oh my gosh! I bet mean, you were so devastated, though. I was. Oh God. I, I was. Can't but imagine.
4: Uh, yes, I found out just in the last couple of years they're doing public digs where um, oh. where students and tourists can go up and do excavations at some oh, of these. Oh,
0: that'd be beaches. awesome. That's one of the things I really thought I would like to do um, because I was also majorly into into archaeology but i never took it your route i just kind of thought that would be
3: so cool yes.
0: <laughs> yeah and i had my little chisel and hammer and went out to rocks and tried to chisel out you know all the little fossils and everything but uh i saw in montana they have a camp you can go to for a dig and that looked like it was always in the summer and i was like you know it's going to be really hot <laughs> bugs it was the bugs was all that the turned bugs yeah. away from it yeah. <laughs> so i was like damn it Damn <laughs> myself.
3: Better than better
4: than excavating in the winter. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah, true.
0: I couldn't even. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> true, true.
0: That would take a while. <laughs> yeah, when when I was you in college, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, when I was in college in Chicago, uh, I was lucky enough. I took an uh, Egyptology class. Ooh. And so they let us go to the Field Museum. And for students who are, you know, learning about Egyptology, they let us look at like the, if I remember it, like sherds, the broken pottery stuff. Yeah,
4: shards, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then look at the, the mummies, you, like not touch, but you know, they did the scans and you could scan them and based on how they painted the interior of the sarcophagus and stuff, you could say, what dynasty is this? Which kingdom is this?
0: That's pretty cool. I
1: only got like 60% on that part, but that's okay. I still passed. But (laughs) that was fun to see.
0: (laughs) Just having the experience.
4: If anyone is watching this and saying, wow, I've got to do this for my vacation. uh, University College London is the home of the Flinders Peachtree Museum, who was the father uh, of Egyptology. And it's oh, a free well. museum. It's in the library. And there are graduate students and undergrads making mm. copies and, and doing translations of, of hieroglyphics oh, wow. kind of behind the glass. Oh, in geez. order to get there, though, you have to walk. And sometimes he is in the case. Any of you ever heard of Jeremy Bentham?
1: Yeah, that rings I'm a not bell. not
3: sure. It he does is, ring a
0: bell.
4: Uh, he, he was a, a donor to University College London, and and he donated his fortune upon his death. So long as he remains a member of the board and appears at board meetings, so they they actually treated his body after his death with all kinds of caustic chemicals.
0: Wow, that's and right.
4: There's, I, <laughs> there's, a, there's a glass case. When you walk into the foyer of the library, there's the glass case, and sometimes Jeremy is in it.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is cool.
0: <laughs> he
4: heard the sound of his cane he's dressed in his early 1800s kind of foppish clothing oh
0: wow that's pretty cool uh, though i'm <laughs> dropping
1: links to everything that you're talking about jeff in our chat
3: awesome <laughs> okay, cool very awesome yeah so, and Oh, so I was
0: just going to say on all your um, you know your excavations or, or things like that, you know, just going out and checking out places. So have you personally ever had a bigfoot encounter or something close to it?
4: No, no and, and that disappoints a lot of people too. <laughs>
3: That's there
4: I, there, okay. there, well, there I was uh, working as an archaeologist for the Forest Service in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State. Mm-hmm. And I was out there in areas where the occasional hunter would certainly make it up there, but miles, sometimes we would have to, um, sometimes we'd have to go in and walk and orienteer with maps to get to where the timber sale was going to be a, a couple of years in some cases before they were putting the roads in and never saw anything like that. Uh-huh. Never had hunter. hunter. Um, now it is interesting though, Skamania County in southern Washington, is a Bigfoot free zone where they voted in this in the county, county laws. It is illegal to hunt or shoot a Bigfoot.
0: Well, that's good.
4: Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and they enacted that law on, I think it was April 1st.
0: <laughs> on April 1st, and it just stuck. <laughs> that's probably good, just in case. <laughs> yeah.
4: But uh, it's Skamania County. I, I really. Love the woods and I really enjoyed working out there there are a lot of good people out there uh, and then the, the unfortunate thing is uh, we ran out of trees and shortly thereafter we ran out of archaeologists
3: <laughs> we,
4: there, were over, there were over on the Gifford Pinchot National Forest there were I think it was 16 year round equivalent archaeologists doing timber sale work and then the fiscal year ended and they were down to three or four
0: Hmm. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, what can you do? So, <laughs> oh,
4: I, man. I started ghost hunting, so. Yeah. I guess
0: <laughs> so, I mean, with with that segue, uh basically, what kind of got you started with ghost hunting?
4: It's uh, well, it's always interested me, of course. Uh, I remember as I was 12, 13 years old, going to the library and going to the adult stacks, not the kids library mm-hmm. and waiting for the next Hans Holzer book to come out and mm-hmm. get it on the shelves. <clears throat> the interest was always there. You know, I think a lot of us, especially in our teenage years, you have an interest, you follow the interest for a little while, and then something else kind of gets in the way of that. And then you, yeah. but you can come back to them. And, That's true. and in part it was, the The time I spent in England uh, was a year I wasn't allowed to work. So I kind of got used to being not antisocial as much as self-directed, i e. lazy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> when we were getting ready to come home, there were I was trying to figure out what to buy for people as gifts that didn't take up too much space in the luggage. Mm-hmm. and there was there was this one woman who had published Ghost of Sheffield, England, Volumes 1 through 4, and it was very simply done. Bear in mind, this is the 1990s. So all it was was some eight by 11 sheets of paper that were bifolded together and then stapled in the middle. But she was selling them for the equivalent of $5 a piece, and she must have paid like 75 cents a piece to make them.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. And I said, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it, too. Right. (laughs) And I came home, and in between military deployments, I ended up finishing, I think it was 1997, finished my first ghost book. But in the midst of that, too, uh, because I was at the Vancouver barracks, uh, I ended up doing active paranormal research, ghost hunting, and that was my first real ghost hunt was at the, the post hospital. Oh wow! And, and um, is it, kind of famous now locally. It's it, it, to people who are into the paranormal in Vancouver, Washington area. Um, it's is just as big as Portlanders are about the White Eagle, or the Edgefield. Right. As far as uh, reported activity, <clears throat> the difference is it's not open to the public uh, anymore.
0: Oh wow!
2: Well, dang.
1: Oh, I saw it's yeah. a national park or something like that now, but I thought you could still get on it. Well, yes, you can walk around, but you can't go inside that particular gotcha. building.
4: Okay. Um, what's, it's, it's a really complex thing. When the Army finally left in 2011, they subdivided the landscape itself and the buildings on different parts between the Park Service, the City of Vancouver, and, and other entities and the post hospital exists in land owned by the city of vancouver but it's it's a big building if people driving interstate five heading southbound toward the interstate bridge to portland is that one big brick building on the left hand side that you look at and say oh, my God, that thing's got to be haunted.
0: <laughs> you know, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I, I think I actually said that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I got to
1: say, sense. I'm dropping this in. I found the article from The Colombian with our very own Jeff Davis here doing a spooky weekend.
4: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure all of us are this way. Uh, you, you all don't do these podcasts for the fabulous amounts of money that you
1: make. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah,
2: not yet, not
1: yet. Anyway, I'm going Actually, on tour. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but
4: uh, you know, sharing this too because I think all of us are into this as a quest. We want answers, and it's a little unconventional to go about it this way with with gizmos and 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 in crystals and intuitive training as opposed to going to seminary um, uh, for various more organized religions, (laughs) we're all looking for the same answers, aren't we?
0: I agree, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always on the quest. Definitely.
4: And and, and you know what? We're all going to find out.
0: One day. But uh, (laughs) it's not easy to let everybody know, is it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) going to try really hard to come back to somebody with a recorder.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I want to be a like, ghost. I want to come back as a ghost. <laughs> yes.
0: It'll probably come back and, you know, I'll try to pour my heart out what it's like. And everybody will just hear, kill Zach. <laughs> <Over>. Damn it.
3: <laughs> I-, I want
4: to go for a walk. Maybe <laughs> a
3: I <laughs> like, wait, that's not what I said.
0: <laughs> well, um, Jeff, with the, all the places you've traveled, what is some of your favorite places that you have been and some of the places you visited there?
4: Well, yes, obviously the Vancouver Barracks, really for me, tops the list. I was, my dad was stationed there, so was I, and I grew up around there playing. But this was the, the nifty thing when I got the contract through Barnes Noble to co-write Weird Washington, Weird Oregon. They actually, for those for those lucky people who are watching this,
0: <laughs> yes,
4: the <have> a TV <laughs> show. Somebody told you to go visit these places, right? And, and that was that was that, and it, and it wasn't just ghosts. After a while, uh, uh, places like uh, Soap Lake, Washington, near the Colville in northern Washington where it's been a tourist destination as well as a health sanitarium kind of destination for, uh, for decades. And it not much is new there since the 1960s. In some ways it was like stepping into TV land, you know, like
0: wow.
4: you, movie. Uh, what was the movie with Reese Witherspoon? Um, Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there are places like that in Washington, uh, I really love the Stonehenge monument near Goldendale it is I
0: haven't been there no yet. me either. I keep saying we need to take a little a little trip and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> visit some of these places
2: I know, <laughs> I, know I know I'm sorry <laughs> I'm in Kansas City I it, it's a little oh, come more on, Wendy, come it's on. a little more of a trip <laughs>
0: I'll so drive to Kansas
4: you. City <laughs> yeah, Kansas City love that World War one monument yeah. that's the, Oh,
2: that's yes. The mm-hmm. spirit's
4: largest, I believe.
2: We have spent a lot of time yes, around there. That, that's the rumor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it has a great view of Kansas City and Union Station and not too far from the very first uh, cemetery there, Union
2: Cemetery. There, it's, it's very cool. Very yep. cool place. <laughs> I have
0: a
4: friend who lives in Belton whose house is haunted.
2: I have no doubt that's how Belton rolls. <laughs> <laughs> If this
4: were a different kind of podcast I'd talk about more about belt.
2: Belt. (laughs) Belt. Belt.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, other other places. Um, gosh, there are so many Astoria. Astoria And is is and it is not just the the, Yeah. Well, thank you for that plug. Yeah, and
1: (laughs) you signed it. Yeah. I got your signature right there. I don't know if it's showing up on the camera or not, but Yeah, Jeff, I'm a fan. Uh, yeah,
0: it, it was the one time that Jeff didn't say, "Get away from me, kid." I don't <laughs> <find
1: our craft." laughs> you little shit, back up. How, oh, oh, you're paying extra for no, signing. Okay. It's for sure. yeah.
4: uh, the going rate's thirty-five dollars. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Cash exactly. only. Cash <laughs> only. <laughs> Got to keep yeah. it off the books.
3: <laughs>
4: uh, Astoria, uh, again, is is one of these places. The the city yeah. of Astoria. Uh, European Euro-American settlement dates to uh, 1811 I think and you know the 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 city of Astoria has never gotten larger I think than uh, until recently than like 15 20,000 people but everybody who who moves there or is born there it's it is one of these towns where it's really hard to tell based on talking to people whether or not they were a born townie or they just moved and integrated in and they because because it's so small and and they will agree with me because a lot of the a lot of the business people are kind of cheap they never gutted and and destroyed and rebuilt so so you can track where the where the catastrophic fires were based on mm. how old the buildings are. The Victorians way up high on the on the hillsides, and then right down at the lowlands, the 1920s Art Deco because mm. of the fire. And 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 there's a lot of preserved memory, and the oh, people wow. are pretty friendly. And and because you've had 200 plus years of, of people living and dying there, the accumulation of the paranormal is pretty strong.
3: Oh, wow.
0: you've been overseas too though I mean um, besides England um, were the other places you went just when you were in the military or did that uh, did you just kind of travel for fun in Bosnia
2: backpack across Europe whatever (laughs) (laughs) when
4: I was a graduate student in the 1990s uh, uh, this was the 50th anniversary the end of World War II so I made I made Kind of pilgrimage trek following oh, all wow. of the war. My my wife Janine and I uh, went to Normandy, and and then we went up to the Netherlands. And she was she's a big Napoleonic War fan, and so we separated. I went to look at World War Two on the landscape, and she went the other direction to visit uh, Waterloo and, and other Napoleonic warfare places. But this was shortly after the fall of the. Iron Curtain. Oh, and wow. yep. and I, I went back solo uh, once or twice. Uh, she I'm I'm okay with youth hostels and sleeping in sleeping in train stations. Well I was until I got old and fat. And, <laughs> and so uh, I this is one of these this is one of these kind of moments where you use a reality check. I got off the train at this one city called Nordhausen. And that is where they were building the V2 rockets in World War II, and the slave laborers uh, dug out a 40, I think it was 40 foot high, tunnel through the mountain in a big circle, and they put rails in, and that's where they built the the rockets. And tens of thousands of them died in this process.
1: Oh wow!
4: Shortly after the war, and uh, have you ever heard of Operation Paperclip or Werner von Braun? I've heard of that. Ver- Werner von Braun was the German rocket scientist mm-hmm. who America got after the war, and he, oh. he did the Apollo program. Mm-hmm. So he was there, and, um, and my Army Reserve unit was part of the Liberation Force. But they shut the, they sealed it, they sealed the tunnels shortly after the war, and they were only opened when I was there to visit 50 years later, and it was bizarre, uh, but just getting off the train at like five in the morning, and this town, Nordhausen, had been in what was East Germany, and this is only 1994, so it's not been that long, and they didn't have the money to kind of upgrade things, and so I went into the train station and looked up on the wall, and there was this big, big map of Nordhausen, and they hadn't changed the names back from the communist era so it was Karl-Marx Strasse mm-hmm. and, Lenin oh, wow. and it, it was it, it was really <clears> bizarre <throat> and then two of the two of the German police came in walking their Alsatian which is a huge German shepherd, shepherd with them and their uniforms were not changed from that communist era either Wow. So I looked at them, they looked at me and I said and I quote,
3: good morning, <laughs> <laughs> <What's in> Morgan, <laughs> good
4: morning. <It> was, my <laughs> subtext was, please don't beat me with your nightsticks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> your dog guys. <laughs> and, anyway, uh, wow.
4: uh, but there are, those concentration camps mm. are haunted. Almost all of them. There were death camps and work camps. And specialty camps and
0: the emotions, and the, I mm-hmm. mean, just oh, I can't even imagine that would it's, be horrific.
4: Yeah, and, and the, the hallowed ground, as a lot of people put it. Yeah. And so, I, I visited a couple of those, and, and some of these again, World War II historic battlefields. <laughs> the, the, the rest of the travels well, I was stationed in Italy for 18 months for the army, and so uh, I traveled. In that eighteen-month period, too, uh, I was in Japan and Korea on military missions. Not too much traveling, and um, I did deployments to Kuwait and Afghanistan twice. And, and that was, yeah, that was for the army. But this is where it is interesting. We were all over the landscape, and I didn't, I, I didn't get to do tourist, too many touristy things. Sorry. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I but. Uh, now that i'm mil- retired from the military i want to do all that but i don't have the money
3: <laughs> <You're right.
0: laughs> i understand that's what sucks <laughs> it's just like ah oh, i want to go back so bad but it's like june do you really <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe you sell your car you know <laughs> yeah
3: I'm <just> <laughs> yeah. And,
4: uh, well, yeah i'm sorry uh,
0: that's okay I, I was just gonna say you know um I, I was gonna ask you know getting back to weird washington and weird oregon um how did you end up writing those those books i mean how did how did did someone contact you or did you contact somebody i was just wondering about those because those yeah. are awesome books those mm-hmm. are so much fun
4: i've got them <laughs> thanks I, I thank you for liking them it was uh yes i just I drove to New Jersey and knocked on the door.
3: And, <laughs> I'm sure you did. Hey, hey, I'm my name's Jeff. I'm weird. No. <laughs> I'm weird. Can we write books? <laughs>
4: no, it was, uh, it was it was it, it was it was it was kind of a dream dreamlike quality. Uh, you hear about in the old days of Hollywood, somebody's at the soda fountain and mm-hmm. an agent spots them, and this was very very similar to that. I received an email out of the blue from a guy named Mark Moran and Mark Moran and Mark Skerman in New Jersey have a magazine called weird New Jersey and they uh, publishes a monthly magazine and it was quite famous. And then they put it out as a book and the Barnes and Noble reps caught wind of that and said, Hey, would you guys like to honcho a book for the entire United States, each state? And they could have made the the decision to travel themselves. Instead, they hired hired subcontractor authors. Wow! It, they had a whole vetting process. Uh, they never ever thought of offering me weird Idaho or weird Northern California, because that was not my territory. So they they contacted me and said. They didn't let me know about Weird Washington at first. They said, Well, well Jeff, we're putting out this book called Weird Hauntings just across the country. Did they sound you... like
0: did they sound like Kermit? <laughs>
3: just
4: you know what? I I worked for them for two years and I think I only had three live phone conversations. Everything was wow.
0: right
4: yeah they they so I add that's my that's my internet voice oh, how
0: you <laughs> they must so, have loved it though if you only had three uh you know phone phone conversations yeah. with them, you know
4: yeah uh, i I think so too.' Mm-hmm. Uh, a little contentious sometimes, but no, they said, <laughs> would you would you rework a couple stories about haunted places in washington or Washington or oregon and 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 send them to us with some photos and so I did. And that was for the Weird Haunting book. And uh, about a month and a half later, they contacted me again and said, oh, by the way, you know, let me do, oh, by the way, Jeff, we're, we're working on this book called Weird Washington. Would you <laughs> like to be principal author?
3: <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome.
4: And they said, oh, by the way, we, we have a friend named Allie Frazio, who is a contributor from our New Jersey days, and, and, and he's going to co-author with you. the the process was really fun in its own way Uh, I had nine chapters Al had three and they they had a vetting process Uh, they wanted 20 story ideas for each chapter with a a title and a little three or four sentence explanation of of the haunt the critter the legend the the, the person and so they they then worked their way and picked 10 out of the 20 and we negotiated a little bit and then they said okay out of these 10 we want a thousand word minimum but not more than 1500 Jeff <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was it each chapter I submitted 10 stories and photos and there was a little bit of a bonus for that and, and they had a per diem and I did a little gas and traveling and um, it was, it, it was a lot of fun, and I did, I think it was two chapters a month, more or less, and so mm-hmm. it took me about seven months. Wow. and It was a work for hire agreement, so uh, for Weird Washington, I didn't get any royalties, but the the experience was fun and the money was good. I don't think anybody expected the success it had. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you know the first print run was twenty thousand copies, and. Within 120 days, they had already a second print run. Oh! Wow. And, oh!
0: Awesome! Yeah,
4: and I mm-hmm. think I think it sold a total of over 100,000 copies. Oh, that's good! And
3: congratulations! Yeah,
4: yeah. nice. Hey, wish I owned a piece of it.
3: I'm <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. You get the <laughs> author
1: credit.
4: So yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And, and the acclaim, too, because people will come up – I do sales at various things and, and appearances, and, and they will say, we we take the Weird Washington book or the Weird Oregon, and we flip through, and this is where we do our vacations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've done that.
0: <laughs> yep. I was just thinking about that, too. I said, you know, we need to go back over through that book and make our notes of where mm-hmm. we want to go to, and especially, you know, for nice little fun weekend trips, you know? we mm-hmm. have leave – Friday night, come back Sunday night. You know, these places mm-hmm. are drivable. So, mm-hmm. creepy <laughs> road trip.
4: And, and a lot of them is kind of kid friendly, too. Yeah. And
0: yeah, we, we don't need that. No, just
2: kidding.
4: <laughs> your, your <laughs> just inner, kidding. Your inner child.
2: Joe. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Let the and, children I, leashed at all times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I did drop links to the books. Both haunted Astoria or all haunted Oregon, or sorry, weird Oregon, weird Washington, haunted Astoria, are in the chat as well a link, as well as a link to Jeff's author page on Amazon.
4: Nice. Well, thanks. Now the um, uh, weird, excuse me, haunted Astoria, of course, has a couple of stories from a ghost too.
1: Yes, yeah. I was going to ask you about that later when we got to it, but we could talk about it now yeah, if we you want talk to. About it now, Here sure. it is on video. I have the book. Did you know it's kind of a collector's item on Amazon now? It's wow. like this. Yeah, you can. The used ones go for thirty bucks, and the newer ones go for more. Yeah. So if you got some you print it, copies, yeah. take them to a conference with you, Jeff. Yeah.
4: Can I say holy crap?
1: You can say holy <laughs> more than that. We can drop an e on this.
0: <laughs> yeah, explicit reading. Yeah, you know.
4: Wow. Oh, yeah, that's pretty to, awesome. Go back on Amazon and start offering it for twenty five dollars and see what happens. Well, you never
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> you might you know you you never know, but yeah, please talk about uh, Haunted Astoria.
4: Well, the, the the original book really is a, a more of a collector's item, and in that, this is when, um, gosh, have you ever noticed as we get older? A few years ago, it turns into twenty. <clears throat>
0: yeah he's
4: like how did that happen years ago now uh, (sighs) ross organized a ghost hunters conference in astoria over a decade ago and and he had contacted me and said hey jeff can you contribute to it maybe do a ghost walk since you i do some of you know i do design ghost walks based Mm -hmm. on Geography and things like that. And so I said, sure, because Astoria was much closer for me than it was for Ross. Right. And the original, original, original Haunted Astoria was a giveaway in the goodie bags for attendees. And uh, I had them done up, I think, at Kinko's, and they were not bound like like the one you've got, where it's a, okay. single, a single page. Excuse me, the, the covers were two split pages, and then they just... Kinko's taped the two pages gotcha. together, to cover,
3: uh-huh. and,
4: uh, and so because this was kind of a combined um, combined effort, uh, some A Ghost folks, Ross and a couple other people had gone mm-hmm. to ask story and done their own paranormal investigations, and so that added to the lore in it. And I, I think I did my best is to to ensure whether okay, this is an A Ghost story. And and yeah. this is my story. Kind of separated them. Yes. And, nice. <laughs> and uh and so it was it was so successful that I had people asking me for it afterward. And so I uh, re redid some of it and re-edited some bits of it and um, and just added it to my regular publishing catalog. Nice. And it's been it's already in its past its second reprint now. And uh, there are a couple places that retail sell it in Astoria, uh, Godfather's Books, and the <laughs> Classic County.
3: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> County
4: Historical Museum uh, for those people who it's pretty fun. houses. Yeah, and and you can kind of self guide your way around in it. With it, uh, because I did design a walk around it, so that's again part of that whole giveaway process to uh, people paid for the full attendance tickets, and it was a lot of fun doing that. We used to spend a lot of time in Astoria, my wife and I, and um, then I got divorced and I stopped going to Astoria quite mm. so often. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is a it is an absolutely beautiful town. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It's yeah. just yeah, a lot of really beautiful. Yeah. But, oh, uh,
4: they're having a Goonies thing this spring. Oh
1: Ooh. yeah, because it's what thirty? I think I no, more that. than thirty years, isn't yeah. it?
4: But don't go on the porch of the Goonie House; you get arrested. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people are not very happy about that. Yeah, people still stop there and take pictures and and everything. But you know, it's like. It's hard not to. I might have taken a quick one going past it in the window. (laughs) You know.
3: Yeah, that. I
4: I did that at Hampton Court Palace, which uh, the chapel is still considered an active chapel. And when the Queen and the royal family are in attendance, that's where they have services. And so they strongly request not to take pictures inside the chapel or of the chapel. So, of course, being a typical American tourist, I did and I got caught.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Oopsie. <That's> yeah.
4: a... <laughs> Oopsie. But it is it is the hallway uh, leading to and from the chapel where the ghost of Henry, one of Henry VIII's wives is supposed to be running down there because he was in the chapel and she was banging on the door begging him not to have her head chopped off.
0: Oh, wow. So sad. the emotions the strong emotions in all those places it's like Mm -hmm. oh my god oh lord but uh well if i mean um uh, why don't we you know you're talking about your your walking tours why don't you tell us about the vancouver barracks um and the tours you give there and what uh, and and any other place that you give the walking tours and how people can get a hold of you for those and
4: Well, gosh, now that you mention it. Yeah, that
0: would be a nice little segue into that. Uh,
4: (laughs) My my website uh, is is all one word spelled out, ghostsandcritters.com. And and when you visit there to to some people, uh, I've been maintaining that website for for well over 20 years now
3: wow. and,
4: and so it doesn't have the bells and whistles that a lot of like really impressive websites like Agos does.
0: <laughs> thank you. <Or> Ross, <laughs> actually thank you for Ross. He did it. <laughs>
4: yeah, but, uh, it, it. So it's a little clunky, I admit this, but when you first enter the main page, there's a there is a, a logo button that says Spirit Tales, the Vancouver Barracks. Click on that. It'll get you information. Uh it, when earlier when I was talking about how the army left in 2011 and they, they divided the land itself, that was the barracks between different agencies. The national park service gets some of that. Uh, The city of Vancouver got other bits and pieces of it too for them and and other organizations. And so uh, basically uh, I try and try and stay on city owned land uh, because I have a good relationship with them, uh, although I do gesture grandly in the distance at, at buildings owned by the National Park Service. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and so this is this is a, a history walk but and a ghost walk at the same time. I, I try and get enough of a blend that I think people will like. It's, it's really, for most people's context, Is it's not the house is haunted. It is why is it haunted, who did it, what happened. Right.
3: Which is and,
4: nice, yeah. Yeah, and so I try and bring that out. And the we don't get to go into too many buildings. As a matter of fact, under normal circumstances, we don't get to go in any of them because the city rents them out to oh. tenants, to families as well as
0: businesses. Oh. Except
4: oh, okay. for the hospital, which needs rehab, and so it's just locked up and kind of mothballed.
0: Yeah.
3: And, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah we... and,
4: and, sorry.
1: I was going to say I was just reading that when I went to the Vancouver Barracks. Um, the NPR.gov site. And they were saying, yeah. stay away from it. It's closed. It's going through rehabilitation.
4: Yeah. And this is the Army's fault. Uh, so that, no, I don't want anyone to blame the Park Service, the city of Vancouver. In the case of the hospital, it, of course, uh, it was built in 1904. It stopped being a hospital at the beginning of World War Two. It became an office building. And eventually it was a, an Army Reserve schoolhouse for several decades and then in the 90, or 1990s early 2000s the army shut down the operations they shut down the building oh and by the way after a while they turned off the utilities it's okay. a brick building so oh
0: great <laughs> um, so
4: the humidity got trapped yeah. and,
3: mm-hmm. and,
4: and so by the time the city got ownership a lot of damage was done so done. they're doing their utmost to to, to maintain what they've got um, but we go on some porches and the oldest building at the barracks is the original, original headquarters. It's called the Grant House, and it's a restaurant now. And oh. so I've done some events there, and it's our final stop. And oftentimes people will, will go in, if, depending on the scheduling, and they will go ahead and uh, have a glass of wine and maybe look and see if they can't. Uh, there are at least five ghosts at the Grant House. But it's about a mile and a third walk, and we loop around. And uh, there are a lot of these, a lot of public places around there. The, in particular, there's an heirloom rose garden, I point out to people.
3: Oh, nice. And,
4: uh, and there are two or three, like, little small pathways between buildings that have beautiful landscaping. The city does a great job of, of maintaining that. And so because this was a military post for over 160 years, even now Vancouverites who were born there are really reluctant to go in this back part because it was always off limits when the Army was there. Oh. So it's, it's my way of opening this up to, to nice. come on back and have a look at this. This is just mm-hmm. beautiful.
3: Oh, beautiful wow.
4: things, different building phases, uh, architecture, and, and so on. Um, the, the walks normally... Uh, my normal schedule runs June through November. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing one weekend a month, June, July, August. Uh, I'll probably just do one weekend a month, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays and then september and october i'm going to go really heavy right to do, to do walks in in some ways it's because um for instance two years ago in the summer we had this heat wave and then we had forest fires hmm. and Ooh. nobody wanted, i didn't want to walk outside in that either
0: yeah it was hard to breathe no. yeah, yeah. It, was really hard to breathe. it
4: was bad yeah and so um questions about it because i'm kind of i i not sure what all questions you or an audience might have about the barracks or, or the walks.
0: Well, um, I mean, without giving away a lot of the information, what is one? In- I mean, what's a what? Have you have had anything story. interesting? Yeah, have you had <laughs> anything anything interesting happen to you there, or um, something that you can give away or something? You know.
4: Yes. Now, I, I've got to preface this and say I've I've never seen an apparition in all these years, but I've I had yeah, I've had hot spots, cold spots, the, mm-hmm. the, the winds, the um, uh I have, well, the, the, my first ghost hunt was at the post hospital. And, and I talk about that. And, and oddly, uh, you don't see a lot of this on paranormal TV. Uh, like Zach Baggins does not spend a whole bunch of time visiting haunted bathrooms.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> the
4: bathrooms at the post hospital... Had had toilet seat lids going up and down between visits.
0: Wow.
3: The
4: there is a really sad situation where there were three um, over the over the years there were three cemeteries consecrated on the grounds of the barracks, and they moved or tried moving the in, the inmates the inhabit non inhabitants. The, the people buried in the two cemeteries to the third one, oh, and, inter- they, and they missed some. Oh. That's oh. the oh. basis of the haunt. I've seen
0: that movie. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen that movie too, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it doesn't it end well. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> and, and the parade ground, people claim that they have seen a ghostly sentry, and it took a lot of a lot of digging around to to try and figure out why would anybody be haunting the, the post- the, the parade ground, because if you go there in daytime, it is just pastoral, few trees, lots of grass, big, wide open space. Uh, who would think that it would be haunted? Because it was not a battlefield, right. or was it? Mm. Isn't that enough of a tease.
0: Hmm. <laughs> we must that, go on a tour to see. Yes. <laughs> was,
2: were the barracks the uh, home to the Buffalo soldiers? Did I read that? The...
4: Yes, you must be on my, my military history website as well.
2: <laughs> I uh, did. I, I skimmed through. Yes, I did. That's that's always been very interesting for me.
4: Yeah, the the Vancouver Barracks, of course. The, not no one unit was ever stationed at the barracks the entire 160 years. Units would rotate in and rotate out. Uh, if anything from one year to seven year intervals and at the end of the Spanish-American War elements of the 24th Infantry Regiment uh, which was an infantry Buffalo Soldier Regiment which are African-Americans in segregated units uh, were stationed, several units were stationed throughout the Pacific Northwest and one company was stationed at the Vancouver Barracks for about a year and um, but so the The Vancouver Barracks at the time was the the department headquarters for the Department of the Columbia, so so it was a central point where troops would would, would be moving from California through the Vancouver Barracks to go to Alaska eventually and back down and into the east into Eastern Washington and Idaho, and so they w- they were there for about a year. But we go forward into the World War II years, and uh, the Army. Uh, because the army was huge and it, everybody was drafted, they had declared, um, they had segregated, again, they used the term colored units. And a lot of them were non-combat roles, like uh, quartermaster that is supply. And there was a giant quartermaster school at the Vancouver barracks where they trained these soldiers to do things uh, like learn how to move uh, move large amounts of, of supplies and, and other support. So there was a, a large number of African-Americans stationed at the barracks in World War II as well. And um, they have a, a great history, and there are local Buffalo Soldiers uh, chapter that keep the memory alive. One of the Buffalo Soldiers who was stationed at the barracks or out of the barracks uh, received the Medal of Honor, and he's buried in the Post Cemetery. and yes. Oh, I do t- tours of the cemetery, too. Girl, oh I,
0: wow! I, Excellent. That'd be awesome. Do you ever give private tours?
4: Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> I I insist. I don't I don't charge for the cemetery tours. Sometimes I I ask for a donation that will go definitely to a charity. Uh, I wouldn't feel right about taking people on a cemetery tour like this and charging money. Um, but I my only insistence is that I get at least two people. In the event of the zombie apocalypse, I stand a good <laughs> chance of. of pushing somebody in the way yeah, <laughs>
3: that is true
4: so uh, yeah if 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 somebody wants to set something up with me uh this is my way of, of giving back and teaching history there are four medal of honor recipients buried in the cemetery from different wars and uh and i'm quite proud of them
2: that's awesome that is that's fantastic well, I guess one more question with that would be: um, Are are the cemetery, is the cemetery also uh, segregated, as they are a lot of the time? No. Oh, fantastic! No, no. Okay. And
4: uh, uh, and it and it's kind of interesting. When the Buffalo Soldiers originally came in 1899, the city of Vancouver uh, actually put out a press release that said we welcome the 24th Infantry to Vancouver, they are the heroes of the Spanish-American War. At the time, I'm sure almost everybody has heard of Teddy Roosevelt,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: the charge at San Juan Hill. Oh, yes. in, in reality, he went up Kettle Hill first, and I had this in, and, and somebody said, oh, by the way, that's San Juan Hill, Teddy. But the 24th <laughs> Infantry and, and other Buffalo Soldier units were there, fighting right alongside everybody else in, in the mesh of the battle. And so they were cited, the 24th, uh, the regiment self-cited as, as heroes of the war. That's
3: awesome. And
4: they were celebrated for that. And so the, the city of Vancouver said, hey, we're welcoming them. And, uh, and many other communities carried this press release as newspaper articles. And they ended up, uh, uh, this was kind of a, a rest and refit assignment for a year, so they did a lot of parades. Uh, they did a lot of uh, ceremonies and things like that. And they played, they had their own baseball team, and they played baseball uh, against the, the local civilian team who were mostly, mm-hmm. if not completely white.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: To the best of my knowledge, they were allowed into the bars, at least, because a couple of guys got in trouble.
3: Oh. Uh, <laughs> of course. So.
4: But, you know, this is it's a very masculine organization. Uh, fight hard drink hard so they were celebrated there was another article I see I'm, I'm digging out um, these newspaper accounts because in, this coming February is Black History Month and we're going to put on a lot of displays about that
3: oh,
2: good. And,
4: and there was a newspaper article that was a farewell to the 24th Infantry
2: wow so, that's very special
4: yeah but 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 Jeff, what about the ghosts? I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> no, we go right ahead.
0: No, we want to talk about all aspects of you, Jeff. All aspects of you, not just the ghosts.
1: Yeah, because we have to well, talk about and... sea monsters too.
0: Yes, we we well, need to talk yeah.
2: about cryptids it's and everywhere. sea monsters and sea monsters and sea ghosts. Sea monsters. Oh, yes, yeah, st- yeah. the haunted yeah. Astoria
1: kicks off with the sea monster tale.
2: Oh. Well,
4: also, yeah, uh, and. Sorry, and i I I was actually segueing too into I do, do public I do, do public speaking and I'll be at one of the in Oh in yeah. February, I believe, talking about about cryptozoology. Oh but, but yeah, haunted Astoria uh, Claude the yep. sea monster. Mm-hmm. And this is one of these interesting things where you have very pragmatic, very practical, down to earth uh, fishermen. Sharing stories about, well, the net was out and I caught something, and it was strong enough that it actually pulled the boat, and yeah. then it broke through the net that the net should have held thousands of pounds of fish, and yet this thing broke through it, and they called him Claude,
3: mm-hmm. and,
4: uh, and there were sightings of Claude or happenings like this off and on for several decades.
3: Wow. And,
4: yes, and and there also is a lore about ghost ships. Yes. Uh, in, and haunted Astoria, with permission from the historical society, I reprinted some newspaper articles where people are talking about seeing these ghost ships up and down the Columbia River at the mouth of the bar, which is known as the graveyard of ships. Uh, not to not to overly promote anybody's television show.
1: And, I was going to get to it. It's okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 okay, I'll let you get.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Just wait before I do anything. I'm I'm gonna do the plug because I'm drop it, dropping it in the chat. Jeff will appear <laughs> at the Kennedy School Theater McMinimans in Portland, Oregon, on February 10th to talk about Oregon's aquatic cryptid critters.
0: That would be fun. We Get your tickets a, now. Well, we should take a little trip down there. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, so with with the uh, graveyards of the Pacifics from you know Zach's show. It's not an endorsement, people.
3: <laughs> <Not remote laughs> but
1: go watch them on demand. They were really good. It was my favorite one. It was better than Serial Killer Spirits this year. This was last year's Ghost Tober event. Um, so with so we the reason why it's so dangerous, it's the Columbia meets the Pacific. There's crazy sandbars and crazy currents. Mm-hmm. But from the ghost aspect, the one ship that you hear about the most is I think it's the Valencia. Um, your book focused on you had the Pete Ireland, I think it was the Anna Ireland as well.
4: Yeah, the Anna Ireland. Yeah, yeah
1: that that's the one that comes up and down. And you t- you have a story about a ship approaching another one, like the lights, and you can see it passing by. Is yeah. there any truth to the Valencia? Is that just hyperbolized or?
4: Um, I I actually can't comment one way or the other because I I haven't dug deeper into that. Uh, it, and it's actually really difficult sometimes to try and figure out which, which ship people are talking about because of the dozens and dozens of ships. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one of the things in, in talking to Zach about the show is, you know, there's, was it Dead Man's, excuse me, Dead Man's Gulf, Dead Man's mm-hmm. Code, where the current would carry the bodies oh. from shipwrecks at the northern, uh, when ships wrecked and the currents were taking the bodies north of the mouth of the columbia river mm-hmm. they would end up the the current would take them there and then the people would recover the bodies so sometimes it's hard telling in in some cases when people repeat these stories to me they don't remember which ship it was either okay because there there have been so many, and uh uh, and I think even with satellite navigation and the automatic buoys and, and everything else they've got, I think, was it in the 1980s or 90s? Yeah. They had another ship went down and, and almost everybody died. Over mm-hmm. over eight people died. And you again, you don't think that this can't happen now, can yeah. it? Yeah, but it does.
1: Yeah, I was reading, I think it was, uh, it won, uh, I don't know if it was a Pulitzer, um, but they talked about a fishing boat that was coming in, and normally a tugboat will come out and help people guide through the sandbars and stuff, but it was almost like a rogue wave. It was close to a sandbar, and this huge wave came up and flipped it. And yeah. I think that was more recent, I think that was in the 2010s. Um, with that one that happened but it's just you never know what you're going to get at that i don't know what you call it cross flux of currents i don't know what's the proper way to call it but um yeah i'm gonna drop a link to all the the graveyard of the pacific not zach show but the uh encyclopedia version here in the chat so people can see the famous shipwrecks
4: yeah and the the maritime museum in astoria has that a lot of that information at least the recorded the recorded shipwrecks that's the other thing too is uh, there are a lot of shipwrecks Mm. that ships were not based out of astoria that wrecked there that we just don't even know Mm -hmm. exist they found some further down the coast in seaside that was a late 19th early 20th century ship and it washed uh washed not too far from the promenade, and nobody knew about it. So it's
0: <laughs> like somebody was scratching.
1: That's Wally. <laughs> my dog. My dog is right. <laughs> okay. I, uh,
4: there's a cat named Cinnamon around me, like, yeah. which is why I'm, I'm going like this. is because Cinnamon.
3: Right. I've
4: heard a Aww. couple of <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> just Cinnamon.
1: Wally just did a shake smelled, turned around, and went back to bed. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. Come Well, you know, you're, you're talking about the shows. Was, um, was Haunted History your very first um, television show that you were on?
4: It was. And, and, and you know, it set a high bar. The uh, producer, director, primary writer for this episode was a, a man named Joshua Alper. And uh, he... I, he is. He became my friend, and uh-huh. uh, he has tremendous amounts of integrity. And, and that's what spoiled it for for me. Is 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 other people in. Uh, you all have encountered uh, people who are kind of sociopaths who are in the show business end. But um, <laughs> Joshua, uh, Joshua's. Um, I'm not sure what his age is now. He was in his 50s at the time. And then he went to formal film school. And for many years, he was part of the production team for Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, oh awesome. wow. He was, mm-hmm. on a, he was on a weekly uh, NBC, I think it was, carried at the time, show. And, and so he was very meticulous about how he did things. He wanted facts. He wanted real facts. Uh, years before, nice. people started kind of faking stuff. And, um, and he actually flew into town and I gave him a, copies of my books and we drove around Vancouver and, and other places
0: wow, that's and, awesome
4: yeah <laughs> and uh, and again like I said he, he really set the bar really high which is why it was so disillusioning for me
3: <laughs>
0: I'm sure we can get on these other shows and it's like what <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure you can't mention any names but you know I'm just saying that uh <laughs>
3: Yeah, well,
0: so yeah. I'm I'm assuming Haunted History was like your your favorite show that you you were you were in. It was really funny though when I just kind of put on uh, I put on some background you know show and I'm just like doing some work and I'm just, like thinking I'm hearing Jeff Davis I think and I look on the TV it's like there he is. <laughs> I was like awesome.
4: <laughs> Honestly though, didn't you actually say that is Jeff's voice? he's probably dead. In the- <laughs> 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 I did not say
0: that. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: somebody, um, what's ended up happening is, I guess, uh, the History Channel is kind of, quote, resurrecting some of these episodes, and that's kind of, um, uh, kind of coming back, and they renamed it something rather and reissued it, uh, I have a, a funny story. Well, I think it's funny, at least, uh, <laughs> about that. When I was on my second deployment uh, this time to Afghanistan, uh, I was it was in Afghanistan, and uh, there was another historian who was who was not allowed in country because while well, he had all of his field gear and he had. The uh, the flak vest, the Kevlar flak vest, he did not have the sappy plate. He did not have the solid, uh, mm. this sort of our low big contractor said it would stop a bullet plate. He didn't have one of those. Oh. And so they wouldn't give him country clearance. So he was <clears> in, <throat> uh, some people call it Qatar. So my boss contacted me via email and said, you need to, you need to go to Qatar and bring him a sappy plate or else. Oh. And uh, this, was, this was the interesting thing. These things, at the time, I think they cost the Army several thousand dollars. Wow. But if you use them once, they were disposable items, too.
3: Wow. <laughs> and
4: so I went to, I went to the Army, <clears throat> and I took the armor and said, can I get a sappy plate? And he, he like, sure. And he was looking up at the shelving units. What size do you need? And I said, probably regular. So he gave me the sappy plate for several thousand dollars. I signed a little piece of paper, and there it was. And then I got on the the, the midnight flight to Cutter, arriving just at dawn. And and they had steak and eggs for breakfast. I had not wow. had real steak for a long time. But wow.
3: Anyway,
4: anyway uh, no, actually that was the second trip. But no, I, in this case it was October, and uh, and I arrived and they. It's really hot, hundred and thirty-five degrees. Not a Holy
0: crap! 8 a. Mm-hmm. 8
4: a. Oh, and 8 a. so, to build oh. the troops, to build the troops, they had these huge warehouses and these giant fr- refrigeration units blowing cold air in there, and they they stacked disaster pods, you know, little portable trailers, three or four high, and they had these catwalks, and and. It was all sealed in and so it was sort of like a twilight zone episode in in this futuristic prison where i'm walking on this this catwalk which is kind (laughs) of and every 50 foot there's a 100 100 watt light bulb every 50 feet (laughs) i've got i've got my gear on and i'm carrying my bedding and um and so i climbed up and down uh, these levels to find this guy to give him his sappy plate. And the disaster pods uh, are only about five feet wide, maybe, yeah, about five feet wide and about 10 feet long. And there's uh, just a small door, and there are these just nondescript wide things. In the door, there's a little window this big. And I had emailed this guy and said, I'm going to be showing up sometime in, you know, middle of the night or late, very, very, very early morning. So I was there, I knocked on the door. And after a couple seconds, it was like his face, like the the, the, the the little door, and and and, and then he went, ah, 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 and 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 he opened the door and he said, "I just saw you on TV." I said, "Huh?" They had satellite feed coming through, and they were—he was watching the History Channel. This is October, and they were rerunning. Haunted History Northwest. And so he, he just shut the key <laughs> off to go to bed right after me pontificating about ghosts of Washington State.
2: Sometimes the world is a very small place.
4: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, my fame was fleeting. Uh, <laughs> but but then then is when we went for the steak and eggs for breakfast. That oh. <laughs> <laughs> was like the best ever. And we were uh, we were allowed two beers per day
3: oh they allowed
4: okay yeah (laughs) this was recreation
0: right anyway oh man thank you for
4: your patience because uh i'm sure that the audience is saying
0: no 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 (laughs) it's really fascinating (laughs) but uh well, um, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and talk about uh, some of the places that you have written about. I mean, um, the White Eagle Saloon, Manresa Castle, is it Hecata? 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 Yeah,
1: but Heceta.
0: Okay, Heceta. Yes, Heceta. that's right. I remember somebody told me that before. Now, you know, yeah, just now. Yes, not, not the
4: goddess of the heart. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. was thinking that In and my head, breath, yeah. <laughs> uh, lighthouse. The
4: Spanish explorer Um mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. The this is this is nice. Uh, the Washington Oregon coast. The U.S. Lighthouse Service was building these lighthouses uh, in the 1870s on and maintaining them, and so. Hassita Head was one of the places highlighted in this haunted history Northwest. It's really nice when when these places are not demolished but turned into parks and bed and breakfasts. So the, the keepers, assistant keepers' cottages at Hasita Head uh, are a bed and breakfast. And and I've got to say too, uh, up the state of Washington gained ownership of a lot of these lighthouses and, and military places. And they've also turned them into bed and breakfast or self-catered uh, rental units, Fort Warden. Among mm-hmm. I was going to ask and, about that. And,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
4: and my favorite place at Fort Warden is Alexander's castle,
3: oh. uh,
4: which is a, a th- I think it's three full story brick building. And before the, before the army arrived on the scene, there was a Mr. Alexander and um, Port, excuse me, Port Townsend uh, almost overdeveloped uh, beyond Seattle. They were in competition mm-hmm. between you know who was going to be the, the big town in the Puget Sound, and for for several decades it looked like it was going to be Port Townsend, and that's where a lot of the customs houses were. And Mr. Alexander was more or less representing the British government. As far as trade trade went and so he was deeply in love with his sweetheart and he ended up building this brick little castello as uh as, as their honeymoon cottage and then he he had everything finished i'm sure he had it furnished and he probably bought linen and towels and everything else and then he went back to the british isles to pick up his sweetheart and bring her back and he took too long building the house she'd already married somebody else
0: oh <laughs> man <laughs> that and, sucks yeah. i hate and, it
4: when and, that happens <laughs> yes and, and according to laura he did not oh. uh he did not either go into it or live in it for very much longer before he just sealed it up but it's uh, uh it, it suffered over the years and but was usually uh, wedding parties would, would rent it and that would be the honeymoon spot for the bride and the groom and the upper floor was kind of blocked off the, the guests couldn't go up there and they would talk about people uh, hearing in the middle of the night hearing somebody rooting around and moving trunks and heavy furniture mm. back and forth when there was nobody there and, and eventually they did rehab that upper floor uh, and I don't think that stopped the, the ghostly sounds though
3: Oh, wow.
0: It looks really interesting. I, I I was trying to look for some fun uh, things for our group to do, like for fun, some fun mm-hmm. weekend things, and I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, that looks like a really fun place to stay. So it's like, ooh.
4: It, it is a long drive, but yeah. uh, at the mouth of the – well, up there too, but even further, uh, North Head Lighthouse, mm-hmm. which is where they did the ghost adventures, excuse me, there are – if you get if you get the reservations done right, um, there's a main keeper's cottage and two assistant cottages. That's actually a duplex, and each of those has three bedrooms. So ah. nine bedrooms available. That'd be cool. Uh, if you get your
1: reservations in advance and don't mind that really long drive. Yep, and,
0: you know, we've had a few really long drives.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that would be good to do a long weekend over in Astoria Mm -hmm. as well as, well, I'm used to just saying Cape Disappointment for the lighthouse, but Mm -hmm. um, that would be fun. I'm actually on the site right now. I'm going to drop a link to it. Let me see when it's available.
0: Nice.
1: And what was really
4: cool for us, a little bit of flavor was uh, there was a bat hanging from the ceiling.
3: Ah.
4: (laughs) Yeah, they're rare and endangered, so we didn't mess with it.
0: And that's nice. I won't tell you where all of a sudden I look on the grill of my rental car and found a a deceased bat. I felt very bad. Of all the things for me to hit, I hit hmm. a poor little bat.
4: I have a friend who's into taxidermy. Did you
0: put the bat in? You know,
3: <laughs> I was we so close, so
0: close about putting it in a, in a little baggie and, and keeping it. And I was just like, oh, let's let's just, you know.
4: Get some utility out of it, June.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I almost got so close, but uh, oh, but what about the white? Yeah, just. Hmm? Put it in the freezer, no, in in the death museum. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was really tempted to do that, but I was like, "Is it going to start smelling?" I just don't think it'd be a good idea. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> you know, you get one little rat that starts to smell, and it's just like, "Oh my god!"
3: No,
4: <laughs> this know, is the smell of hell itself.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, hell you know, on Earth. And then you smell a mouse or a rat, and you think, "Oh my God, this is how horrible that smells." I can't imagine how something bigger is going to smell. Let's just say that.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run, no run across a body. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Ooh. Anyway, it's like we won't talk about that. But um, <laughs> uh, well, how have, have you gotten anything at the White Eagle Saloon? I mean, yeah,
4: yeah. um, uh, that was another one of these early first times. When uh, when they filmed The Haunted History, McMinimus had not finished the conversion. Oh. So when you see that, and it looks like some kind of a set, mm-hmm. that is actually the White Eagle with the, the lath and plaster kind of coming off the walls. And oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the Sam's bedroom scene, that was in the best room. I mean, oh, uh,
3: <laughs> nice.
4: And, uh, and if you do yeah. watch that and look where the, the ghostly woman, Rose, is walking across the floor. Look at her feet. She's having to step over the conduits. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, when they first... Yeah, I love behind the scenes. Yes. <laughs> when they first opened as the rock and roll saloon, they, they were still trying to find an audience, and they had trouble getting people to, uh, to, to stay overnight. You, know, you wouldn't think that now. And so... Yeah. We ended up renting the entire upper floor, and I sub-rented the rooms to to people interested in the paranormal.
0: Oh, nice.
4: And, and I also kind of made a deal with the, the manager. And this is – I don't know if they do this now, so so don't Marcus. say Jeff said you'd do it. but
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: that's what Jeff said.
4: <laughs> yeah. What we ended up doing was we ended up doing this on a Saturday night, and we were there Sunday. And they're not normally open Sundays, and they don't do breakfasts either and but we we coughed up extra money and we got a little bit of fruit and cheese and croissants Mm -hmm. croissants Croissants. and (laughs) and we had about two hours in the basement
3: oh
0: wow that's awesome
4: yeah and so uh, and and everybody tipped well and so that two hours turned into something closer to three if i remember correctly nice and and we did have some interesting experiences and uh in I think it's Ghost Critters and Sacred Places, Volume One. I chronicle that because we were in the the room um, that they built as Sam's room, and it's really not. If, if anyone stays there at the the front of the building, uh, you look at the front of the building. There are two two rooms, two sets of windows, and um, and that's actually the suite where the owners lived. One of these rooms was their sitting room. The other was their bedroom. There's a connecting door. And that room that was their bedroom also has uh, a closet in it. There's only one other room in the White Eagle that has a built-in closet space, and that is the room on the opposite side of the wall where the, the walls kind of split in half, and one closet for one room, one closet for the other. And that was Sam's room. According to really? Chuck Hughes, who owned the White Eagle for a couple decades, Sam's room was actually what I think they're billing now as room three. And so we were in room two and we had an E V P meter and, and and please do don't think
1: badly of me. We got a
0: too. Hey, you know, it pluses <laughs> up the
1: fear factor. <laughs>
0: and, um, Especially with the public, yes. Yeah.
4: And and we had many and unusual things happen. Uh, I deeply regret the um, there was a uh, group of independent filmmakers who participated in this, and I loaned them my VHS tape of me walking around the White Eagle, and I never got it back. So if you oh. better, please contact me. I'd like my <laughs> videotape back.
0: Oh man, <laughs> I hope it, <laughs> I hope someday you can get that back.
4: Yeah. Now oh. the. I, I did receive praise in my book, Portland Rose City Ghosts, the write-up on the White Eagle, because uh, the Oregon Historical Society researcher was doing some seminars on, on the Polish-American uh, community, and he really liked the write-up I did, the historical accuracy. and And there are two or three different White Eagles, depending on— depending on your historic interpretation. The one, the one that most of us are familiar with is, of course, the paranormal White Eagle slums, right. mm-hmm. where uh, prostit- white prostitutes upstairs and, and Asian and black prostitutes in the, in the basement and um, and, and tanning the bar on the ground floor. When the McMinimans were okay. rehabbing the building, they interviewed one of the descendants of the Risco family, who, who was very, very upset, and he said, my parents would have never allowed uh, prostitution in the bar, and especially in the basement. And I don't want to disagree with him because I wasn't there. Right. Having said that, though, he was like five or six years old at the time. Not many parents who owned a bordello would be telling their five-year-old kid. That, no, that's <laughs> no. true.
3: true. We have a lot of
1: seamstresses.
3: Yeah. Yes, the seamstresses.
4: Hello <laughs> <laughs> <telephone laughs> operators. <Yes.
3: laughs>
4: and so, uh, so I tried doing justice to both accounts. Right. Uh, and apparently I did well enough that, uh, that he used that write-up. Again, the historic, uh, especially too because Portland now, the city of Portland is on both sides of the Willamette River. Portland used to be exclusively on the West Bank of the Willamette, the White Eagles on the, the East Bank of the Willamette. And that is actually was a town, uh, the town of Albina with its own administration for until Portland swallowed it up. And so I talked about the origins of Albina and the daily
1: ferry and things like that. Oh, wow. Neat.
0: That's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you
1: said that's in Portland's Rose City ghosts, volume yeah. one. One. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's a collector's yeah, item too. To... Sorry. Sorry.
0: Mhm. It's really a fun place to stay. We we got to stay there, and we did our own little, you know, impromptu ghost hunt in the middle of the night, running around with our equipment. And
3: but... <laughs> you, 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 you bored?
0: <laughs> um. No, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know, I I there is something interesting though. Um. I was in a room by myself. And in, on my camera, and I had I had the phone in my hands, but on my camera, on my phone, I have pictures of myself sleeping. <laughs> and I'm sure it was me probably, like, using my, my you know, cell phone and then probably accidentally letting a, the camera go off as it fell down.
4: The ghost was <laughs> controlling you because you were almost asleep. Maybe that's... This is one of these Ross Allison A Ghost stories. Uh, uh, I had been back from Afghanistan 2004, now that you know how old I am, I guess. And uh, just I got think we're back. We're the same age, Jeff. You know, <laughs> I think we're I about got the same back age. Yeah, you know, the second time. And A Ghost, Ross, was doing a trip to New Orleans. And yeah. so I ended up having, it was over a long weekend, and so I had been based out of Florida, so I flew to New Orleans and, and cool. met a ghost up there, and they got into a um, mansion to do an investigation. And I had not been back for very long, and so my sleep cycle was all interrupted, and I was really, really tired, so I fell asleep on a couch. Oh, no. <laughs> and everybody paused to take pictures of me.
3: Oh <laughs> no, <he did. laughs>
4: <That's> great. well, great. <laughs> so, got pictures somewhere of Ross where he's got uh, bottle caps on his forehead.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: you get in trouble for this, aren't I, June?
0: No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got worse pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Anything
1: we can use to hack on Ross, we'll,
4: we'll do. Drop, we'll drop a link. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> and the blackmail money, Ross. Right? <laughs> For me not to drop the link.
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to drop the bitcoin. link. <laughs> Three hundred bitcoin should do well. Yeah.
0: And um, so you are going to be actually talking in the um at, at the uh oh my gosh oh the my brain just went gone
2: Oregon Upper... Conference.
0: Oh, you're so good, Wendy. I <laughs> I, I
3: am
0: go- psycho. Oh, oh wait! at <laughs> <laughs> <Yay. laughs> Goat conference. Um, and so, what are you going to be? What are you going to be talking about uh, coming up?
4: Uh, I am not sure. Sometimes uh, uh, I'm really, really fortunate that the the chief organizer and uh, uh, being above cook and bottle washer, uh, Rocky Smith. Uh, is the principal awesome. organizer and and, and is mostly his team with, with Kristen and Holly. And so they, they are actually graciously, I, I am on the, the planning committee, but I don't do much other than nod my hand and say, yes, Rocky.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's uh, important. That's
0: really important.
4: <laughs> but uh, in the past, I have given ghost walks on the promenade at Seaside as part of this as well as uh, last year, Astoria. So we, I, we may be doing more Astoria stuff. It's still in planning stages. So <laughs> so I, I can't say definitely. And I have tried doing presentations in the past, but sometimes what ends up happening is somebody um, somebody else uh, comes along who's never presented the ghost conference, or they, they develop a theme. And so it, it's kind of one of these things, I do this all the time, so why not let... The, the new the new kid on the block do it and so Aww.
3: that's
4: that's fine with me too and um, last year we had a discussion about how to get on a ghost hunter TV show oh. and and I think Ross is finally Ross is finally off the list but I think he and I were tied with the the most times
1: we've been talked to by TV shows, but never picked up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sadly, yes.
1: Yeah, sometimes I so, wonder how people uh, get the show get on the show. To be honest.
4: Yeah, and so uh, I think one of the things that I wanted to to pose and talk about this, and and I'm still thinking about this as as a kind of an article that I would post on my own website. But uh, all of us, I think, all of us are aware that. Uh, stations like the Discovery Channel and Travel Channel have been pumping out mm. Ghost Hunter TV shows yeah. uh, to the yeah. tune of uh, 10 to 20 every year. Mm. And there's a terrible attrition rate where uh, most of them don't get renewed. And these established shows that are on the air, two or three of those go off the air every year. And and so then they, they pump up 20 shows, and only two or three of those get picked up for a second season. So, so they're, they're really hungry for these TV shows, but that's because audiences are interested in them. Right. And I'm seeing, too, though, as this becomes more and more mainstream that, and I do worry about this, that uh, the general public uh, are in greater danger of becoming crazy stalker types. And I remember when I started doing this years ago, I'm not kidding you, uh, more than one occasion, uh, there used to be these landline telephones. With mm-hmm. telephones.
0: Yeah, I remember those. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, you know, far past. Back
0: in the day. <laughs>
4: long time ago and far, far away. Anyway, on uh, more than one occasion, people were calling every Jay Davis in the phone book to get to me. Oh.
0: Wow. Wow.
3: That's uh... and,
4: and yeah, and like one of these times is like two in the morning. I don't know what the other Jay Davis has thought of that one.
3: Oh my mm. gosh!
4: But I, I really worry about uh, about. And there was another time I did I did like a like a coffee house kind of a thing. I'm going to be at the Edgefield. Uh, anyone want to show up and chat about the paranormal? Please come on by. And I had a dozen or so people show up. And afterward, one of them sent me an email saying, thank you very much for inviting me and this and this. But I, I, I got to admit, I was a little disappointed in you. And I said, why? <laughs> well, I was expecting you to have more answers about the paranormal than you did. There was an expectation uh, about me that I, I didn't even try and fulfill because I didn't know it existed. And so... I worry about this and and, and I worry about you all. I'm, I'm going to like point at my television screen as you do these podcasts and anybody who in our community is starting to stand head and shoulders more visibility than than the the mainstream developing uh, these stalker community around them or the cult of personality.
2: Mm. So, puts a target on your back. <clears throat>
4: It does, and and there are some people who are in the paranormal community that are not all that stable. That
2: yeah, <laughs> just a few, yeah.
4: But you know what? Demographically, I don't know that it's greater than any other other community. Probably not social community. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the, where the some people might well lose track of of of, of how much they know.
0: Right, their reality, yep. <laughs> and,
4: and they thrive, thrive on this, and so I, I, worry all the way around. So, if if I was gonna soapbox about anything at the Oregon Ghost Conference, it would be that. the The Ghost Conference is in Seaside. Great relationship with the the city of Seaside. It's at their convention center. Yeah, it's awesome mm-hmm. how yeah. open
0: they are to everything. It's yeah. really great.
4: Yeah, last weekend in March, which is spring break, I think this is the overlap between Mm -hmm. Washington and Oregon schools. If somebody's going to attend it, now would
1: be the time
4: to to get your hotel rooms locked in.
1: That's
0: Mm -hmm. probably a really good idea, Jeff.
1: (laughs) And and I just found that uh, Jeff will be giving the Astoria Ghost Walk 25 people. Uh, It's going to be at 5 p.m. M on March 31st, tickets are fifteen dollars. Only twenty five. Only twenty five. Link in the chat. Plug, plug, plug. Click buy. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem.
0: It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be my first time like speaking in public. Well, not really first time speaking in public, but I'm talking about there. Yeah, I was gonna say you
1: just did Port Gamble, Jimmy. It was yeah, amazing.
0: I told totally it <laughs> <love> that. <laughs>
4: Did I did I already do that? Oh uh, hi. <laughs> <sorry. laughs>
0: scary, but uh, but yes, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. But uh,
4: well, um, and, and I, I, I'm glad you know Ross, Ross and and Agos had been for for many years concentrating in Puget Sound. As well, you guys should, but it had been some years since the Astoria conference, and he came down for the Ghost Conference, I think, three or four years ago. And and it's like he kind of lost track of of the community down here, Mm -hmm. down in the Washington, Oregon side. So, welcome, June. Come on down.
0: (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. Ross will be down too.
4: (laughs) Get out of Kansas City.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. a Wendy up here from from Kansas City but mm-hmm. uh, well um, we're getting close to the end um, Jeff do you want to just you know how plug uh, basically how people can get a hold of you again and your books and where they're at and you know all your TV shows that you're on and all your
1: <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about the dead files you appeared on the dead files yeah. quite a bit
4: four times not that I'm bragging <laughs> Uh yeah. Uh, my website again is ghostsandcritters.com, spelled out one word. And again, it's it's a little old, it's a little clunky, but there are some buttons on the left hand side. Uh it's got a bio on me, it's got book information. I sell I sell my books off the website. And the advantage of this over Amazon is there's no shipping and handling charges. Uh, I do have to charge sales tax now. Jay Inslee needed more money for the Puget Sound. (laughs) So so uh, everybody's going to be paying sales tax. But uh, I I sell there. All the books are autographed. But I've got, because I've been maintaining the website so long, um, I've got a section on appearances. And there's a, a download. I was on... The coast-to-coast AM back when it was three hours long, and so I've got uh, <clears> that, that available. I've got information about. Oh, I'm running out of running out of memory on my phone. Uh, oh, <laughs> so
0: just in time. <laughs> yeah.
4: My website. Uh, you can contact me. There are links all over the place. You can buy buy books there. You can find out. Uh, I have st- after the update. Where I'm going to be in 2020, and I also host on Facebook one Sunday a month the informal, the Vancouver informal paranormal pub. You have to join the group because I don't feel like spamming 300 friends who aren't interested. <laughs> paranormal.
2: I understand. But, well, cool. And, yeah. S- send me a link though, would you in our in our messenger? Sure. I'd like to join. I just don't know exactly where to. Click. where can meeting? we
4: join mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i'll i'll see what i can do uh probably tomorrow though because i still have to drive home
0: oh man yeah. <laughs> well we really appreciate you being on here um do you guys have any other questions for jeff before he before his memory runs out
1: <laughs> <laughs> well just really quick do you have any books in the works right now because we'd love to have you back on
4: Vancouver, USA, Ghosts, Volume Two.
1: Okay,
4: is in the works right now, and um, the Haunted Tour Guide to the Pacific Northwest has been out a couple years. It's a paper book. I hope by June to have it out as a Kindle or Nook book.
1: Okay, nice. I just ordered that one actually. It it will arrive December twenty third. All right. Very cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's just a gift to me.
3: the best kind right
1: (laughs) 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 but uh any any other tv appearances coming up last year i know you had ghost adventures and the graveyard of the pacific you were on i think two episodes right two
4: episodes yeah Yeah. um nothing so far this year which is which is okay and um I am trying to put together a show, but like everybody else, I'm not going to tell you until we sign the contract. Yes.
1: yes.
0: Yes. Always smart. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, okay.
2: Well, how How were the dead file people to work with?
4: Um, they were they were great. Uh, they ended up after some years getting like the regular crew, and uh, so uh, I may not have remembered names, but I remembered little personality quirks, and they treated mm-hmm. me nicely. And it, I'll say this about Ghost Adventures too, the um, I never saw anybody faking anything. You know, I I was there for certain limited amounts of time. I didn't fake anything. Nobody obviously faked anything when I was around. Uh, the editing process is what mm. it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, forty hours worth of video footage that you compress into forty-two minutes of yeah. a TV show.
0: That's true. <clears throat> That
4: uh, is true. I wish they would air the footage of Zach and myself doing the can-can but no <laughs> aww that would oh, have been awesome to
0: that see have...
3: <laughs> yeah aww
0: so. oh, well thank you so much Jeff
3: Yes, thank you all um, too i
0: really, really enjoyed yeah, having, having you on here what? excuse <laughs> me oh, the, do- the down pets down are acting yourself. up now what?
3: <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs>
2: and uh, so, do we have a guest for next week? Or, uh, well, it's Christmas Day, and I thought that we would. That's right. You know, if you want to call in with a Christmas ghost story, that's mm-hmm. that'd be perfect.
1: Yeah. Cool. But it's going to be some spiked eggnog, maybe a creepy tale yeah. or two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Short
4: and hard. sweet episode. If, bandwith, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go ahead and log off if that's okay. okay oh yeah. Thank okay, you
2: again, Jeff. For you, right. Thank us you all.
4: I really enjoyed it. Yeah. We'll
1: Thank talk, you very yes, much. Merry Christmas. Again. Happy New Year. Yes. To all of you. God bless Bye. us everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Thanks very much.
3: Perfect. <laughs> right. Bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Wendy any parting words?
2: Me? Yeah. No. Don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> Beware the Krampus. <laughs> oh, hmm.
1: Beware the Krampus. And the Christmas witch. Yeah. Uh, yes, the Christmas mm-hmm. witch going to eat all the naughty children.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love those stories.
1: Yeah. And June. Yeah. Also. Do you have any parting words for us this evening?
0: Well, just, uh, you know, check out Spooked in Seattle. We also have University Heights Ghost Hunt on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you go to spookedinseattle.com and look for tickets there and uh, check out our website at ghost.org. I have to enunciate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ghost.org.
1: I love University Heights because I always get Evidence. Evidence.
2: evidence. evidence. now is that okay university heights is that the one where they starve people
1: oh no this former school that
2: sorry guys i have
1: to yep i know all right take care june all
2: right bye
1: yeah university heights was a former i believe elementary school and a child might have died there that's haunting the halls of the main floor
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um and some other ghostly activity especially in there's a um i don't know what you call it it's kind of like where the hvac system is in the basement on the back of the old boys bathroom and stuff there's some creepy stuff that drops there too so there's always always something creepy there
2: interesting i guess (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm
1: it's one of my it it's a great place to ghost hunt i've got my evidence up on my website ghostly activities for it so it's really cool, cool. very cool um but other than that it's other than you know it's um, time to say good night
2: yeah well i i will be hosting just a real quick yule log burning solstice thing that yep. I, I moved it to saturday night uh saturday uh well sunset saturday mm-hmm. so um everybody's welcome to i'm gonna do facebook live from it and um just call it a day since i won't be i won't be home so i'll have to improvise Mm
1: -hmm. okay Okay. Uh, and that's about sunset so we're talking four uh
2: five 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 okay for us it's four central time yeah we're a bit farther north
1: so four pacific is nighttime sunset (laughs) for us this time of year um well, with that, I guess I'll play our outgoing track, and what I okay. have for us tonight is Lincoln Park's "New Divide."
2: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. So let me get this playing, and everyone have a good night
2: and a merry Christmas. Yeah. We'll see you before then.
1: Okay. Night, everyone. Yeah. Bye, bye.
3: Remembered each flash as time began to burn,
1: like a startling sign that fate had finally found me. And your voice was all.